You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Dan on man. Have a listen. I was privileged to interview Gavin Cogden earlier this week. A few days, in fact, after the 3-2 home win against Michelova Sports. Gav has been an integral part of the club's success since he joined us from Spennymoor in 2016. Have a listen to what he has to say about his time at South Shields and his take on the past, the present and the future. You joined the Mariners from Spenny in June 16, um, on the same day, in fact, that Craig Baxter moved across from Gator. Um, Just to put that into uh, the time frame for listeners, really, Jeff had bought the club back to Mariners Park. Um, In fact, he bought Mariners Park just a few months before that. And John King was manager with Lee's assistant. And you were a legend at Spennymoor, so what prompted you to move? I think everything that was happening at the club, so I'd say at the time that, like you'd say, Jeff had bought the club, they'd just had a promotion, Yeah. so there was so much happening, and I kind of wanted to be a part of that, so it was an easy decision in that sense. Um, yeah. The Spennymoor thing, like you say, I'd been there for such a long time, and I think that was me time. I think looking back, if I hadn't left then, I probably would have definitely regretted it. I'd had a chance the season before, and I think I'd done one more year, and this was my chance almost to like re- reinvigorate myself, I suppose, yeah. really, which I hope I did. I think I've enjoyed the last two years massively, yeah. and I kind of wanted to continue. I think this. I think everything has its time. Mm-hmm. If you think it's time, despite the fact you you were a legend at Spennymoor, mm-hmm. and you were full time there as well, weren't you? No, no, not when I was there. So oh, were you not? No, they're still they're still not full time. So that's one of the things that they might. They might change towards going forward because mm. they're, I mean, they're near the top of the conference north as well. Yeah. And this is something that this club will no doubt be looking at. And I know there's been um, discussions about it, like that project ENL. And um, I think that's one thing now in the conference north, which is one where you're one below that now. Yeah. To kind of mix with the big boys, you've got to have that yeah. bigger, bigger footing, really. Yeah, I mean, well, spoke about this uh, with Jeff, obviously, and Lee and Graham. But if you make that next jump, mm-hmm. Then we're not playing. All due respect to Miguel over sports, but nobody'd heard of them, had they? <laughs> so then we're, we're playing uh, clubs that have more of a pull. So we're getting more, you know, it's more of a northeast flavour. Yeah, yeah. So almost, yeah. almost di- standard different, obviously, but almost back to the old Northern League days, yeah. you know. So that'll be good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't much of a decision then, really? No, um, I'd had the conversation and it was like, you say, and I knew who was potentially joining, like you say, back uh, came in the same day as mm. myself. Um, but I knew there was discussions of, of others. Julio was here at the time as well, so he was obviously that, like a really big pull for not just the crowd, but I suppose players wanting to play with with that yeah. like calibre of player as well. So it was like such a good dressing room to already come into and that a dressing room that they were already building really. Yeah. So it was a great opportunity to like come and, and like we won four trophies that year. Oh. Um and I mean if somebody had asked us at the beginning truthfully what can this club achieve, I would have said we can do them all but there would have been that football person in the back of my head going don't be stupid you're never going to do them all it's so difficult yeah. and I'd had so many good seasons at Spennymoor I think right. out of the say the seven seasons um, it was the six league wins or whatever so like I'd been used to winning like continuously I, I can't remember losing many games and in the season were, even you, at Spenny you and the uh, Vars were Spenny as well yeah yeah, yeah so you like scored the first been, goal so I'd score the first goal yeah. so I'd had like season after season of success so that was yeah. the idea of coming here you want that to continue you know it can continue but like you see it's such it was such an unheard thing of winning the four trophies because I know how hard I'd, I'd had that spenny really because there was always that game that you turned up and you probably expected to win you didn't put the, the shift in and you got knocked out of that cup 
Cup. Yeah. So it's such a difficult thing to do, which was well, a massive achievement. It was a game of season, wasn't it? Because you were 17 points behind North Shields. Yeah. But uh, you could hear ev- after, in every post-match interview, Lee especially was saying, one game at a time. Yeah, it's yeah. the only way to do it. Yeah, and this is our focus now. We've, we've yeah. already said it, and I think I've uh, seen Shawsy's interview in the programme and stuff, and that's one thing we've spoken of in the dressing room now. So, can we take just one game at a time? And it's it's difficult because you, it, when you when you're in a good side, you are constantly looking at, in and around you. Yeah, course, yeah. And like we've kind of stopped that now to say like, look, if we focus on this next game, we win the next game. Like let's go again, win the next game, and that should be our aim across the season. And yeah. obviously, the aim is to win every game and that's what you've got to well, try and achieve yeah. and we've just got to be realistic though and that's like you say that like asking us at the beginning of that season would you win four trophies and it would have been like of course we can do it but as a football person you know that's difficult and it's the same here fans have got to be realistic and, mm. and kind of just think of I've travelled from work all the way to get here we've got all that same issues that that's ongoing in semi-professional football mm. and we've just got to make sure that we do everything to the best of our ability to turn up to win the game and that's what we're trying to do yeah that's all you can do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. But I mean, uh, the trouble is, um, the more you win, and the more trophies you win, the higher the expectations yeah. get. And I'll talk a bit later about th- mm-hmm. that unfortunate four away defeats, which I know you yeah. didn't have a lot to do with. Yeah. Get to that when I come to it. Yeah. But you've scored some significant goals in your time. I mean, obviously, prior to Shields, as I said, there was the opener in the 2013 Vars final for Spen. But the one that sticks in my mind is that last ditch winner against York in the FA Cup yeah, yeah. the whole place went absolutely mental yeah yeah. I, I think that like when you when you speak about that goal it does like kind of bring a lot of emotions back to us because I, I'd stuck a free, uh, picture on Facebook and stuff around there was two lads hugging each other and I think that just kind of meant just a bit more as well because as much as we're here to, to get that like be selfish and get like great opportunities for myself and, yeah. and memories for myself as well but to see that course, and, yeah, yeah. and to see like the kind of impact it has on other people it just it's, it's a bit more extra special brings you home doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the effect that you have on other people yeah. well you and the rest of the guys yeah um Simon from the podcast team didn't have a question but he said uh, because of that goal you were in the pair of glasses Right. Because it was absolutely jumping up and down. Yeah, I think we a few more people. Yeah. A question from Moni as well regarding goals. What was it like scoring the two in that infamous 4-0 win against Morpeth? You know, the rearranged yeah, one, the floodlight yeah. one, etc, etc. Yeah, ma- massive game. Um, yeah. And that, like, that's one game that I'll always remember around. I could not wait to play. Um, I'd sat, I hadn't played the first game. Oh, hadn't you? No, no, so I'd came on and... I was agitated, I was like aggressive in myself, I, I, I kind of felt I needed like to prove something as well on that day because of the kind of things that had been said. Like, I take them personally when it's aimed at your club and yourself and your manager and so it was something that I kind of felt I couldn't wait to get out and they'd give us the nod to play um, and Graham and I had, had a conversation before the game. And I literally just couldn't wait to get out there. And I think that, that probably showed in, in the performance of the lads as well. I think everybody had that in them. And we were so good on that night. Because yeah. um, you like, got two and David got two, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, so we'd had, like so, like say, such a such a good good game, I think. And we just put a lot of wrongs to right that night. And mm. it's definitely something that'll stick in, in my memory. Yeah, great. I wasn't around at that time. I moved down to Teesside 35 years ago. <laughs> And uh, so, okay, I think my first game was a Newport Pagman one, yeah, which was 6-1, 6-2, something like yeah. that. I know I lost count, <laughs> I thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this place, is, it's, this is my social life. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know it is for a lot of people. Yeah. 
and we've got to keep that I suppose yeah, it's like yeah. say it's a community club and I know they're doing the talkings and stuff yeah. and things like this and that's yeah. what like I would like to think people keep coming back for them reasons and mm. that's one of the things that you, we've got to keep and you can win as many games on the football pitch but it's what do you get right off the pitch and exactly. I think we, we're starting to get there yeah. and it's getting better with the club and with Jeff in charge obviously that's because you're, a, you're a team but it is a club yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Got, and we're all members if you, yeah. know, you know what I mean now Liam Graham how is it working with Lee and Graham? Because obviously their attention to detail is legendary. When you came, it was, um, it was John mm-hmm. with Lee as his assistant. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff asked John to go. Won't go through it at the moment. And then it was Lee and Graham mm-hmm. who'd worked together a lot for many years at Monk yeah. Seaton and they brought that with them. What's it like working for them? Um, I've said before, like I'm massive fans just yeah. because of, I suppose, one thing, that attention to detail. But for my age, I just feel like I'm... I'm a better player in me head than I've ever been because it makes more sense football now because of the work that I've done with them too. Mm. Um, so something like you say, the attention to detail that they go through, you either like it or you hate it. And I just, like, I'm one of them big fans where I can, if, I'm, if I can learn, why would I not listen? And like you say, I'm, I'm learning so much every time I'm with them. I, I get something, there's things that happen in a game and I'll openly say it that it's Graham in my head or it's Lee in my head and something's being said and I've I've done it I remember on Saturday I had a touch across the centre half and it's Graham what Graham's always instilled in us to kind of go right that touch can you get across the body of the person and yeah. it was weird as I had that touch I remember thinking of Graham and, and you're on a pitch and, and kind of doing that and it didn't, interf- didn't interfere with anything I was doing it's just starting to kind of can you make pictures and some of the stuff that they're discussing yeah. so the attention to detail is massive they're ready they've got a lot of probably his plans to keep moving forward so there's always something new that comes up yeah. and what, like the, when they first came in it was one of them things like no one's bigger than the club so I think probably his players understand where they, where they stand and they're the bosses mm-hmm. so like I've got like a, a lot of respect for them um, for some of the stuff that they're doing and I know if they're given their longevity here, which I would imagine Jeff would want them here. Well, they're on a five-year contract yeah, now. So yeah. there'd be no reason why this club doesn't keep progressing mm-hmm. year on year. So the last time I spoke to Graham and Lee, it was between the Headensford and the Hyde games, mm-hmm. and they were not happy bunnies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, no, not, I'm not betraying any confidences here because it was in the podcast. Yeah. But Lee got the laptop out. He showed me exactly what had gone wrong. Right. And the message was, attention to detail is important because if you don't mm-hmm. pay that attention to detail, this is what happens. Yeah. He mentioned one player in particular and he said, he's been told and we've been over because I know they go over, it's video from two spots now, isn't yeah. it? And I know they go over the videos with you mm-hmm. and probably critical examination of not just the ones you lose but the ones you win as to yeah. how you could have done it better. Mm-hmm. And uh, it fascinates me. But I do also know that uh, you touched on it there that um, if you haven't got that right mindset and that right attitude, you won't stay for long. Yeah. Do you think that's right? Yeah, and that's why I think everybody in the lads who's there's probably has been lads who's left, and it was probably down to them reasons or so ability without question. But probably they haven't got the other attitudes. Yeah, you got um, both correct. Them. Yeah, and I think. Yeah look at junior football now and all the academies they're looking for four things physicality psychologically there's so many things that that they're looking at now in a player and there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing this at, at this level really because there's so many good f- footballers in the northeast so someone can always take your place I, I suppose is the message yeah you're saying that when new players coming in it also kind of puts the one that are there on their metal thinking hang on 
the lumbar masseur is not permanent. Yeah. So it, it gives competition in the dressing room in a good way as well. I mean, it's always good to have um, a big squad because obviously when you do have a spate of injuries, like coincided with the four away defeats, <laughs> then it means you do have some options. Yeah. I, I think what I would look at there was when I played for Durham, we had <coughs> the, probably the 11 picked itself. And that was what was generally always said. And if somebody came in and did really, really well, they kind of kept the T-shirt for a bit. And then, so, but generally, uh, there was a lot of messages around, like, oh, we had, like, a really good 11. And then the, whenever the lads were asked to call upon, they came in and they were, like, even better than us at, at times with, yeah. with regards to the 11. Where now, like you say, we won four trophies. Now we're trying to have a run in the trophy at this current season. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Durham Challengers there. And then we've got... Um, Obviously, the league, so it's you need that that strength and depth. And football now is a, a squad game. Mm. It's not just your eleven or your subs. It's the squad because you've got to basically the eleven that's on the pitch, the sub who comes on has got to be better than that person who's just went off because you're trying to do something better when they come on. Mm. And then if somebody falls by the wayside, that next person's got to jump into the squad and mm. it's got to be ready and willing. Um, and that's where we've got the the young lads coming through as well. So yeah, they train with us and they're yeah. fantastic, really good, really good ability. I mean, why wouldn't they take a chance? If they're good enough, they'll, they'll definitely be, be moving lads on. I went out to Lincoln on you know, Tuesday. That was my third. I'd seen them beat Maxfield Town and Tory mm -hmm. before that. Mm -hmm. Just the, the talent there is just stupendous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, so you've not only got this strong squad of players yeah. who've built you right across the age range, so you mentioned age range. Yeah, yeah. But you have, and then yeah. you've got this talent bubbling under as yeah. well. And I know Graham. Uh, Particularly, I think, likes the loan system idea. So we've got three out on loan, Tom mm -hmm. Bexton, I can't remember the other two. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, everything just seems to be going so well. And I think if you work hard at things, there's no reason why it shouldn't go well. Yeah. You know, barring accidents. Like, does that competition for places ever cause any grief in the dressing room? Is it all sweetness and light? Well, there's never, at the minute, we've probably... I wouldn't say lucky enough, but you know why we've had the injuries and players came in, and that I suppose now, if you look at it Saturday, you had Barry Smith and and Calla who's on long term. Everybody else is fit. Yeah. So like Lee and um, Graham's got decisions to make. So you had Foley who's just been recovering, but potentially past fit, mm. and he wasn't risked enough to to put into the sixteen. Um, and Dan Wright. So now is the time where lads is missing out in the sixteen, and that's where you can potentially come up with problems, or you can have lads who maybe. So if I don't make the squad, I know what I'm going to try and do. I'll try and make the squad, and that's the idea that I would like other lads to have if that does happen because ultimately if you think you should be in the starting lineup or sometimes that's is that a negative comment towards your fellow teammates mm. or I've got no right to be in that 11 at the end of the day it's, it's um, Graham and Lee's decision and that you've just got to work I think the message is that you've got to work as hard as you can to be in that 11 in that squad um, be at South Shields that's ultimately what the competition needs as a club because otherwise you don't progress if, if lads have just got the, the shirt you can pretty much betting your bottom dollar and I've, I've been in a lot of teams where performances drop so we've literally got to you've got to have that competition because you've got to have that person kind of wanting to take that, that yeah. top off because you're going to you've got to have the hunger, yeah, have hunger yeah. across the board yeah. um, from, from, from the goalkeeper all the way through and there's questions always got to be asked all the way and the fans do they ask you do you yeah. know what I mean they'll, they'll tell you if you do something wrong and oh, they'll yeah. praise you when you do yeah. something right yeah. so ask questions this club's asking you questions from Lee Graham I mean, I interviewed uh, Colin Suggett last yeah. year, and he was telling me, telling me about the setup at Sunderland when he was there, when he first came in, and when he first came in the first team, he said it was very much two camps, 
there was Jim Baxter mm -hmm. and the Scots lads, mm -hmm. and there was Charlie's team. Mm -hmm. He said, so it's just weren't each other's throats, but there was that real division. Is there anything like that here? Not really. When when I first came, you had your little clicks and different stuff. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I don't know if you if you ask Dylan because Dylan gets battered off everybody. Maybe he might fail. Especially off you. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's like in seriousness. That was your goal, by the way. I know it was. Um, <laughs> and that's talking about your goal. I'm surprised you didn't try and claim that one. But the, um, you literally were. We are like a good bunch generally. Mm. So uh, there isn't any clicks. I mean, like there's young guys there. Was the the the, um, the young lad from the academy who's come through when he comes through and I like I just try and batter him and just to make him feel welcome. And to be fair, gives us a back and. That's what you want, do you know what I mean? That's the part of that's what's in the dressing room. So mm. I would never want to kind of lose that. I think if you're just nice to each other all the time, it doesn't it doesn't. No, you, you don't own. want that. No, you need a bit of spirit, don't yeah. you? A bit, of, a bit of camaraderie sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and and honesty, do you know what I mean? So yeah. we're constantly asking questions of, of each other. We've we've said in the video analysis that like, we'd rather be pointing out each other if that's the case. Lee and Graham are asking us to if someone's do, not doing something right on the pitch, why not tell them? Do you know what I mean? I think we've got to probably get even better at that and be a bit, bit nastier with each other. Um because ultimately to get better that's what it requires. You've yeah. got to know if you're if you're not performing. So we've all agreed to that as a as a team and as a squad and as individuals, so that'll continue. I would imagine, and anybody else who comes in has got to abide by that. So uh, let me pick up on that point then. Mm. Nathan Lowe just come in. Yeah. Now uh, his um, introduction interview was good. It mm. sounded as if he had he was saying all the right things. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you know it was genuine. But does anybody have a word with him saying this is how it works here, Nathan? Or uh, no, I think you've got, you've got to learn fast. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So um, like I. He had a hat on the other day, and George was standing next to him. And I went, Jesus, I use twins. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I'm not going to treat him any different because he's new, and that's yeah. like we, we'll just have that that yeah. banter really. And and I've been in dressing rooms before, and lads probably left because they haven't maybe fitted in right. Yeah, and right that's part. like you've you've got to have a bit of that. They've got to come in and they've got to join in, and that that's Lee and Graham's job around recruitment as well. Like they'll have looked at that with Nathan and made sure that yeah. he does fit the fit the bill, which he which he does. Because apart from being football technicians uh, with that attention to detail, they're also man managers as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and with the young, I mean, Graham made the point as well, when we were talking about the academy in the first interview I had with him, he said, we've got players here who are not yet matured as men. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they've got all that kind of grief going on, you know, yeah. when it's like you're a teenager. So yeah. it's, but I take me hat off to those two, mm -hmm. because it's not just the first team squad they're looking after, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The academy teams yeah. as well. And there's, like you said, it's like any job, there's personal problems, there's family issues, yeah. there's like a range it's of different stuff that goes on with, yeah. with not just the football element, it's the whole um, package that you get with a player, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not all just smooth smooth running. Um, let me just ask you, because Ronnie asked one, when you're playing in a front three, mm -hmm. how do you make sure that you're not too narrow and then playing at the hands of a transitional back four. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, again, I would like to think when we play football, this is where Graham and Lee are massive because they, they analyse games and we went in at half-time and we changed the structure from a, like a bit of a diamond that we play, we, we turned it into a bit more of a box and that was all because of the way the other team were playing and that's where I've always said managers will win your games um, in football now where before you would turn up and you would win a game of football because you would maybe they'll play them etc. 
at this level now, it's sometimes like chess. Do you know what I mean? Depending on how a team mm. sets up and depending on mm. how they play, it depends as a knock-on effect of us. So again, as a as a front three, I always think we really we've got to get them worrying about us. Mm-hmm. So I would like to think that they change the way they're playing for us. So we would generally set up as that front three. So if we, if you if you were playing with two narrower and one behind, or if you're playing with two of the wider ones with mm-hmm. that one centrally in the middle, and there's a big onus on them wide players becoming key. So actually they should be worrying about the wide men being able to pick them up mm. and us playing our football. And I think that's one thing that we we definitely do. We've got to set up here, and teams should be coming here, especially and go on right what do we do with our shields today because we know which way they're going to play but yeah. how do we counteract what, what do you do yeah. so I, I think for me I, I've always been especially when we're in the dressing room we've got we should be setting up and teams be worrying about what we do really and making sure that they try and beat us at mm. our game I suppose yeah. rather than changing too much for do you think there's a sense that I'm thinking about Mikelo especially mm-hmm. do you think there's a sense that uh, teams up their game because it's shields yeah I mean hundred percent because as much as we like I would hate to see it but I would like to think I'm up for every game and I'll give it me all in every game but I'm just being honest and in, in as football as I've seen lads turn into the dressing rooms and stuff and I think we've got a really good bunch here and you only have to look at the record we put together around how many games we won on the belt mm. to know that lads has turned up and the ethos of the football system uh, the football club here is right that we try to win every game no matter who's in front of us we turn up with the right attitudes mm. But I look at other teams, and there's no doubt about it. Like, what are they? What treatment are they giving to us? Would they be giving that to other mm. teams? And have they got a bit more of a game plan with us than the one yeah. with other teams? Because there's no way that if Mickelover Sports played that way every game, that they should be where they are on the team. Yeah, no, that it's either surprised you when you you can't look at the table at this level and expect to have an easy game. And, and I said that on Saturday. But when you do, if you do <coughs> step away and look at that team on paper and where they are, you start going right. How are they, when you look at the Brand of football I played, I thought they were really good value for money. Yeah. So it's a slippery slope if you just look at the table and say, yeah. "Oh, this should be an easy three points." Yeah, and hence why North Ferriby uh, won win, and that was against yeah. us. Yeah. So that's yeah, your perfect example. I think yeah. that you kind of take a exactly right. Granted. Yeah. Talking now about the four consecutive away defeats, what was the mood like in the dressing room? As I said, I spoke to Graham and Lee towards the end of that spell mm-hmm. when it didn't seem to be getting any better and it didn't get any better for another game yeah. so what was it like in the dressing room um, on, like honestly you I were missing think, for a while though yeah yeah like for me I, we, we did some video analysis and we asked questions and, and a range of different stuff but I honestly wasn't concerned because all of the things that we weren't doing right so such as you had said Lee had touched on the video analysis with you and showed yeah. you some of the stuff that all things that can be put right mm. there wasn't any like horrendous problems within the group of players that we had. There wasn't any problems with lads seeing this, seeing that. It was literally issues on a pitch that we could easily resolve. Mm. One of the things that, if you looked at some of the set pieces we were conceding, it wasn't good enough. And we openly said that as a group, we've got to be stronger. One of the hide goals, it looked literally Lee had said it, that we like tiptoed around the lads as if to say, let's not mark you, like I kind of push you, actually, I can't touch you. And we have to be stronger at them elements of, of set players. Yeah. So it was for me, it was all decisions that we could sort as a yeah. group, as a group of players, as a management team, as a football club. There wasn't any, any in my mind, anything, any problems why we couldn't change it, which was what we've done. We've, we've yeah. won. I think Lee was, I wouldn't say angry, but just really... Yeah, because it's things that they said. 
exactly yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And I won't say who it was, but it was a defender, and it was like you watch a match of the day with the arrows and all that sort yeah. of thing, you know. And it was like acres of space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and and that's what we you can't afford to do. And no. and, and we were conceding not at goals. any level really. No, you concede a goal, you one nil down. How do you get back from that? Going back to the Northern League, we went behind, and we could probably score three, four goals. In this level, it's you, you, you basically you've you've got to mm. or you've got to work hard for a goal. So going a goal behind, you're just basically giving yourself a little bit of a mountain to climb. Mm. So we've got to make sure that if we if teams are scoring goals against us, that they've worked as hard as what we have to mm. work to score. But what an interesting thing was that um, he showed me the mistakes leading to goals in one game. And then he showed the same mistakes being made, but you got away with it against Grantham because you whitewashed them five five nil, I think it was. Yeah. But you got away with it one week and not the other. And yeah. The difference probably being Mariners Park, yeah. you know, because the crowd must make a difference. Yeah, I mean it's it's brilliant here, but you can look at that and look at like defensive issues and stuff. But if we take our chances as a forward and we go one nil up and we go one nil up and the team's maybe going to push on again that might invite us to another goal so basically we've got to score as quick as we can and we've got to make sure we don't concede mm. and that's where I think here we get that right because of the like you see the backing that we've got from mm. the from the fans yeah we, I just like you see people say oh you, you feel more comfortable at home compared to where or, or is it well, the pitches naturally you do but yeah, yeah but like you look at the pitches that we played on in that defeat and they were all good pitches so yeah. I, I think literally you can overanalyze anything as much as anything, but yeah. from from what we looked at, they were all whether it be a defensive error, whether it not being the forward working hard enough, which then allowed somebody to get through, which caused problems for the defense. They were all rectifiable mm. uh, problems that we could solve, which that def- um, winner Whitby we went on a little bit of a run. We've won them three league games uh, um, yeah. now, so we need to just add to that. So can yeah. we keep going? Yes. Why can't we? And from a fan's point of view, it's actually more interesting than winning every weekend. Oh, it's a stupid thing to say, but it's great. And, and, with a lot of newbies here mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. Saturday, with all the uh, you know, concessions for kids yeah. and all that sort of thing, it's 1,750. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, that game was great for a kid to see because you went a goal down mm-hmm. and then you ended up winning the 3-2. Yeah. It was a great game to yeah, watch. No, I thought it was... You couldn't I, stage it manage it that way, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. Know. I, I've said I would happily pay it to come and watch <coughs> our, our football. I, I honestly believe that we were a really good football inside. We set up really well, but like I would like to think we're entertaining. And that's that's one of the things why you said you've came, do you know what I mean? Mm. And you've enjoyed watching it mm. and, and hopefully that's why more people want to, to come and watch. And uh, my son comes here and he's he's at an academy and the way we play is very yeah, so yeah. we we play like a brand of football that should be getting played and is getting played from England all the way down. So yeah. that is modern day football now and I, and I believe we are kind of playing that way, playing the right way. So if kids want to learn how to play football or learn how to set up and maybe where to stand, etc., then I think you're right on pitch side, you can watch and you can probably learn a lot, a lot from, from the lads. So the central defender wants to watch John Shaw, Dylan Morse, Gary Brown, all of the players mm. that we've got, then <coughs> like, I, I would like to think that it's worth them coming along and, and watching uh, the football. Oh yeah, because you said the young boys particularly. Although of course it's a, it's a two gender game now. Yeah. Uh, but the boys particularly, if they're in the academy, not only have they got that training from Jamie and Wes and uh, and yeah. Lee and Graham, they can come and watch it in action. Yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah, is yeah definitely fantastic. In the dressing room, do you think you can go all the way this season? 
Yeah, hundred percent. Go up as champions, I mean. Like, yeah, yeah um, and there's no reason why not because of the we could go on a run now and like you see, I totally bring them points back of what we what we've lost almost. And I firmly believe that we can win the league. And I, I'll probably let you into something where last year we got beat off Scarborough here, mm. and they're second half celebrated like he'd, he'd won the league. And my thing to him was he's never won the league before because I can guarantee he's not going to win the league. And I told him that, and we went and won the league. Yeah. And that's like that. I've still got that firm belief, and that's simply because I know how good we are. And I would hope Scarborough and everybody else think that they're going to win the league, and they've got that same train of thought. Yeah. But I've won a lot of leagues, and I know what it takes. So. I believe we've got the, the calibre of players to do it and the management and the club and everything, the back end that we've, we've got right, we've added with Nathan and God knows what other changes might be around the corner, the you corner. just never know and that's yeah. why players are hopefully like playing out the skin to, to make that happen because yeah. all of us want to win the league. So I think I, that's another thing I like about the service is always something going on. You mm. know what I mean? I just don't, I don't mean just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. Yeah. Project EFL, yeah. blah blah blah. I was at a Q and A a few weeks ago, and there was some talk about uh, maybe consolidating in a couple of seasons' time. And, and I thought, consolidate? I mean, nobody starts a season thinking we're going to consolidate this year. In other words, we're not interested in getting promoted. We're just going to. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, um, <laughs> I, you wouldn't, uh, that's, I mean, sport, you, you yeah. turn up, you win, yeah. you turn up, you want to win, yeah. and that's that's the only way it'll be. I, I suppose from a business point, it's not the end of the world if things like no, that don't no, happen, and I think that's the only thing I would <clears> say, actually, you can grow too fast, and you've got to be careful with that, because that can bite you in there. Oh, I can see all the kind of, the sensible reasons, the yeah. head reasons about it, yeah. but... And it's what you say when you haven't quite made it. Yeah. Well, we're, we've consolidated. Yeah. You don't start a season saying, we're, we're yeah, not interested. Yeah, we're that'll just, definitely yeah. not be done. No, and no. I know Graham Lee well enough now, and they're, they're definitely <laughs> not putting that message mm. out. They want to win the league, they believe we can. And I would imagine if we did get promoted that next season, that, that message will be the same. If we didn't get promoted, that mm. the message will be, again, that's the aim, that's the challenge. Yeah. Every year it's to win the league. So, And we're at a club that can do that. There's, yeah. there's other clubs who probably won't be saying that, or if they're saying it, there probably will be a bit of a half comment. There will be teams in our league who are just fighting for survival, or maybe they're happy with the cup run. We are not. We're, we're there to win the league, and that's the first mm. and foremost the job. And we want everything else to go with it. Mm. Did you notice that um, Scarborough were at home on Saturday? No, no, no. And they had 500 less in right. the crowd, right, than we did here. Yeah. I mean, they had 12 of 50. We had 17.50 approximately. 12.50 is better than we were getting in previous weeks. So it just goes to show the effort that Dan and everybody else yeah. has put in, and, and the guys themselves who are going into school. So it's uh, yeah, no, I'm a, uh, like incredible. you say, it's here you know them, so I know Dan well, and yeah. um, everybody else who's working like striving forward with that I, I keep in touch with them on social media in the sense mm. of whatever's going on you try to have a look and you see things so there's a load of stuff that's happening in the club and obviously if we get it right on the pitch it makes things easier so mm. there's a bit of pressure in, in that sense which I'd rather have because the club wants to go places so like I say I'd rather be at a club that's trying to go places than a club that's not 
but if these like you say keep putting the effort in then again it makes our life easy if we've got fans to come oh, and watch it and you does, enjoy yeah. it more so yeah. there's like you see there's loads happening when you come in the, there's loads of cars up there because the junior sides is there when we are training so you, you come in and all the junior sides is on the 3g we then go on after them and it's uh, like you see it's a massive massive change from what it was yeah. so many years oh, ago yeah well i mean i don't know what it was like Prior to mm-hmm. that, me neither, other than, other than playing yeah, against South Shields right, yeah, and, and yeah. coming here, and and obviously it was a it was a club that was there, but now it's a club that can compete and and go go obviously a lot further. Mm. Now this is a question I know you would know I was going to ask, but a foot well any sportsman's career, but a footballer's career particularly is a short one, and you're what thirty five now. Mm-hmm. How many more seasons do you think you've got left? Um, I mean, this is me last year in my contract, and I would, I, I suppose I'm probably open and honest enough to say I would love at least one more year. Do you know what I mean? Here, mm. and so I'm, I'm just going to work as hard as I can this year, and then if probably that decision comes, fantastic. If it doesn't, then I'll probably like reevaluate it at that point. Yeah. But I honestly feel really, really fit, bar yeah. and obviously that that break up of the of the injury that I've had. Yeah. But I don't know. Saturday, I could. Uh, kept playing I felt really good and I don't know I don't know what others thought but I thought I was valued to be in the team I thought I did alright so I, I just think I can, I can keep going I, I, in my mind I've definitely 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 got another year yeah. hopefully it's here so I just that's what I'm working towards Tell me I mean two or three things open up here because given that in the next year or two you will move back actively from playing the first team mm-hmm. I know you've got. Tell me about what you do outside the club, anyway, because I know you're into fitness. Um, yeah, so um, I'm a massive advocate of movement. So I believe everybody should be doing daily movement, and that's what I've tried to create and instill in it, like a kind of facility. I've got like a full-time role now where I work with people with long-term conditions. So again, that's about giving them self-care. So actually, if you're diabetic, if you've got respiratory problems, so you're about type two diabetes. Yeah, yes, yeah, so you've got heart failure, etc. Like really, these are the things that we can do more with regards to self-care and, and movements. A, a big thing now. There's a lot of literature gaining on being physically active and the the benefits that can can come attached to people. Mm. So that's kind of what I believe in, and that's what the literature states, and that's what I'm I'm kind of trying to fight more for I want people to, to move more in the daily life and it sounds like probably bore people but to me it's it's something that massively massively interests us yeah. and it's something that I, I kind of really, I want my career to be which it is and so you kind of built it into a business then yeah yeah so, so people, you, would, you got you know if, if you stepped off Mariners Park for the last time and it's a first team player yeah. then that would just carry on yeah yeah now yeah. you know this after it is Ed that Dan put yeah. in the programme one was particularly uh, your job you said you just got a new one as services manager yeah. for the long-term conditions programme and so on. Is that all tied in with what you've just mentioned? Yeah. So this was back in August, obviously. Yeah, so there's a lot of people, obviously, who are <coughs> unfortunate enough to have like a long-term condition. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people, when they get diagnosed with a long-term condition, potentially think, like, what can I do now or where do I go from here? So it's p- the, the service is really trying to help educate them on the condition as well as using maybe physical activity and other mm-hmm. forms that they can do themselves other than just medication to, to kind of make sure that that condition's best managed and maybe doesn't regress as quick as that yeah. that I can do. Are you kind of somebody that NHS would call in? So yeah, it's part of the NHS, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Now I also know from stuff I've seen on social media that you're, you're really into positivity. You also said in that it said, and it's, it's I hate being picked up what I've written so it would be the same for you, that one of the things you regretted was 
probably not trying hard enough when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, I suppose everybody feels like that because when you're younger, you don't have this long-term view yeah. of your life that you do when you get to this stage. Yeah. I mean, it's a famous like quote, isn't it, where if you knew what you knew now, etc. So you have your parents or, or my mum saying to us, right, Gavin, you'll regret it if you don't do this or if you don't do that. And that's one of the things I, I kind of try to touch on with my kids almost to make sure that ultimately they enjoy the life and they have all of these funds and different stuff. But if you look at it now, there's more people in the world than ever before there's more competition than ever before so like things is getting obviously more difficult mm. and I just think like looking back I didn't try hard enough when I was younger and um, you probably you, uh, it's, would you change this would you change that and I think if if we don't learn by our mistakes do you know what I mean ultimately like, I, I get that people say I wouldn't change the way for a second of what I did but one of the things I would definitely change is I, I would listen more to people who know more than me mm. I think there's so much information out there now that why shouldn't we be utilising that and growing like, ourselves as an individual person really so that's why I, I love Lee and Graham for that reason because I'm absorbing as much information from them I'm not a football coach myself but I feel like some of the information that I've got off them that would certainly help somebody because of the, the information that they have gained yeah. f to myself. Do you feel that if you had had that level of attention and, co and quality of coaching earlier in the career that you might have done better or gone further, if you know what I mean, up the ladder? Yeah, I mean, I, I had some great coaches and um, I had some, I mean, there was Jed McNamee who went on to be the academy director at Sunderland. He, he was with me at Sunderland, so he mm. was great. Steve Galitely was one of my big ones with Pete Howie. They were fantastic, give us a real footing, but I think I didn't have somebody in my ear going, you can achieve this if you want it. I think that's what I missed really. I don't think, I think I needed that, that role model almost in my life to go, like other than my mum and my mum, mm. like, do you know what I mean? She didn't have that awareness of us to say, Gavin, this is the chance you've got, this is what yeah. you need to be doing. I think she was kind of happy me. Just, She's got your back, but she hasn't got yeah, the knowledge she, of the what you... Yeah, the support I had was, was fantastic, but she didn't <clears> have the, <throat> the probably knowledge to go, this could be taken away from you any minute. Do you want it enough? That's very true, isn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm a firm believer, as, as I commented on that post that you, you put on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, people are fighting to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Or... They, they plan it and they overplan it and they overthink it and by the time they've decided they're going to do it, somebody else has done it. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. or you could have done it yourself. Yeah. I think it's important to make mistakes in life as well. Oh, yeah, if you, if you don't, I've learned, I've, learned I've, yeah. I've made so many mistakes and learned from them, but that's what you try to do. So um, whenever I make a mistake, I would like to think I don't make it again. Mm. And no doubt we probably will, but the aim is not to make it again, isn't it? So yeah. that's what I'm, I'm constantly trying to better myself. And, yeah. Sounds a bit sad, but like you haven't got long. Like I, I keep my fingers. My son's yeah. ten now. He's coming up eleven next month, and like you say, I, I'm probably living on this like this last bit of my football, and and mm. I, I, probably my last years at spending. I was almost thinking of like just stopping. Um, I had other interests that were starting to take over, and it wasn't until I came here that I got that passion and that fire back in my belly. And I suppose that's where I'm kind of going now. I want to I want to keep it going because I haven't got very long. Um, and age has probably done that to us, so that's me challenging it in other things in, in life, mm. really. So what what other things can I do, can I achieve, because I'm not going to be here for, for very much longer. Mm. Sounds a bit sad, but that's the way it is. Well, no, it's, it's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you consider, I mean, I don't know what the opportunities are here, but would you consider a role at the club in some way? Uh, yeah, I think um, if... Uh, and is there a chance for that reason? That, I, don't I, I don't know, yeah, I, w I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to discredit it.
But I, I just think that, like you see, there's so many good things happening here. Why wouldn't you? So I would never probably turn them opportunities down. But there's so much, so many good things happening here. It's such a good club to be a part of. I think there's mm. there's plenty of other people who are looking in, probably wanting to be here, and that's probably what Lee and Graham's got and the benefit of that I would like to think this players not on, on their doors, seeing can, can I join or staff or whatever else trying to get into this club because it, it is mm. it is such a good club to be at. Yeah. Um, well, finally, I mean, Jude and Leah, are what are they? So Jude's 11 next month and Leah's um, 8th gone May, so... Yeah, 11 and 8. Yeah. And did you say earlier on that I pick up the Jude's in the academy? Yeah, so Jude's at Newcastle. Um, oh, he's at Newcastle? Yeah, so yeah. He, 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 I mean, there's a load, of, they're in there uh, five times a week now, so it's like a big commitment and because of I'm here and I, I kind of, Suzanne does everything, so Suzanne's your wife, she does everything, taking them there and I get to see him when I can, so I, I get the games but I never get to be training and that's just the commitment I've made to, to like to hear yeah. and Jude understands that, I've spoken to him about it and kind of said I would love to be there more but do you, do you understand why? Um, so I've and made that decision it? as a family and he gets it, he comes and watches me and yeah. I watch him and that's the way we do it yeah. and then Leah's into my gymnastics so again I, Suzanne takes her there I try to get there when I can um, and she's got like she's done because like, she's only young she's done two competitions I got to see them so what I always say is I try to have quality time rather than quantity so one of the big things that we do is the big things I try not to miss out on but the uh, I don't want to say smaller things but Suzanne kind of controls the training and yeah. all of the other stuff so yeah. it allows me to do this and, and other things because when you're a child childhood seems to go on forever but when you're a parent it's gone like that yeah you know and you see i missed that one I yeah missed that. and that was one thing i didn't want to, i didn't want to be one of them parents where yeah. i go oh i've missed out on so much and i have missed out on things but i've mm. made sure that we have the the quality time together to make sure that ultimately i'm a big part of the life and i'm not just i'm not a dad working away and they never see us they see us daily and they see us on the big big things i make sure that yeah. I, I, I take the time off to be there did they see you at Wembley? yeah yeah the so they both got on the pitch yeah, yeah so they both came on mascots which was which was great and Brilliant. something that hopefully they'll never forget because the last time um Leah was too young and and jude obviously jude remembers it um, Jude came on the pitch, so Jude got like, to go both times. Yeah, so so Leah was like, yeah, literally a baby. Yeah, yeah um, So like you say, to to experience that for them, hopefully, like yeah, it's great. Hopefully that they've experienced part of them, like my achievements as mm. well, which sometimes doesn't happen because people have kids, and by the time their football's finished, I know. The kids are then you got these high level supported. jobs. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got to earn the money for the family. Yeah, yeah. But it's, anyway, yeah, could talk for hours about that. Um, Gavin, I think that's about it. Unless there's anything you want to tell me that you, don't, you think I should have asked, or no, I think it's just good. I think it's great what you're doing, um, raising awareness and, oh, and trying so to speak uh, to players. I don't know, maybe if you get Dylan Morse, just try and keep it a bit simple. I was just going to say, don't be asking so too seriously. Me. I was going to say, don't be asking too many big next? words. I was thinking about George. Just tell him to it's okay because it sounds like pretty constant. Yeah, no, I, I'll, um, I would tell him every minute of the day if I could. <laughs> <laughs> But, no, we have a, we have a bit banter in our, our car school with Dylan, so he gets I'm sure it. you said something about him in that uh, Eight and Z thing. I will have. No, something about crayons or something. I can't remember. <laughs> I saw that somewhere anyway. No, I mean, I was thinking about John Morse. Uh, John Morse. John, 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 call him John Morse. Evil like child of John. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, John Shaw will be Maybe good for He loves stuff like that. John lo- like, lives and breeds football, so yeah. um, that's his job. 
and he did it for many years. He was a footballer, do you know what I mean? So he's like, if you talk, if you want to know something about football, John's one of them that like I would certainly ask. He's got that really good yeah. knowledge base and he's really vocal in the dressing room and he's he's definitely, like you see, he's worthy of the captain. Like we had Julio, do you know what I mean? Julio's yeah. that one person who you'd like to think if you're going to ask somebody what which way should we play or what's your thoughts he was somebody who would count on because of his experience and, natural and John's the same yeah natural yeah. so it's, mm. it's ideal yeah excellent right, right well I'd just like to thank Top you man. once again no, um, good. Gavin really enjoyed that yeah. much appreciated cheers mate that was Gav Cogden a dream of a striker and a nightmare for goalkeepers everywhere hope you enjoyed it And don't forget to look out for the next Mariners podcast. Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon before you can say Julio Arca.